0: I don't know about you, but I just love going for walks. It just it just gives me so many new ideas, and it's just a place to, I want to say, recalibrate my brain. All the thoughts are going around, around in my head as I look at the birds and the trees, and I just find myself lost. Do you ever do that? Well, one day I, I had this conversation with a woman, and it just didn't go the way I wanted, you might say. And I was finding myself in a little pity party. I knew it. And I was trying to evaluate, why am I going here? I always find my, it was a certain circumstance where I felt on defensive. And maybe I felt she was being mean to me. And I can go there a lot where I feel sorry for myself. So I was trying to process this and coach myself on it. And I found myself going in my mind and visualizing a garden. And I'll call it my mental garden. And before me was this giant, deep, rich soil in my, my brain. And it was, it was surrounded by a white picket fence. I don't know why I have a white picket fence, but I like them, I guess. And so in my brain, I had this giant garden in my mind with this rich, deep soil. And I imagined that my soil was scattered With all the human emotions that one person could have. You just think when you're born, you have so much potential for emotions. Humans just, I mean, can you imagine, can you even name all the emotions we could possibly have? It would just go on for pages. We're just so complex. And I'm thinking, you know, we probably have just seeds scattered in our emotional gardens, that deep, rich soil. But what causes them to grow? And what caused me to go to my pity party? I had to think of that, too. And when I thought about it, I thought, you know what? My pity party was me in the corner of that garden. And what I imagined were blackberries in that corner. And the blackberries were growing from the thoughts I was using to water the seed I was having of pity, self-pity, that feeling. And I was enjoying it because I was eating those berries, just sitting there eating those blackberries, feeling sorry for myself and thinking about all the things that that woman said that I just, just made me so victimized. You know, why did she say that? You know, why does this always happen? You have those kind of thoughts. And I, I, yeah, I did kind of enjoy it. And it just got me thinking about that blackberry plant in the corner of my garden. You know, I had other seeds growing in my garden. I had some daisies, some yellow daisies growing. And those were watered by other thoughts, not thoughts of pity, not thoughts of what, why did she do that? Why does this happen to me? But other thoughts of, oh, I love the birds, I love flowers, I love life. And those daisies were growing growing really nicely and there were other seeds growing as well of self-acceptance you know I imagine a big self-acceptance tree in the middle you know when I was encouraging myself with oh Tracy you've got this you know you really did that or boy you're really active you know you ran today and and that just helped me accept myself so that was that was going well in my garden but I also understood that if I stayed in my corner of self-pity too long that the blackberries would create vines and they would go around my garden and they would strangle out the other plants that were growing. And that's what was happening in that moment was I couldn't feel the happiness was coming and going with, my, with the other flowers. But this pity just kept choking those feelings out because I was just not being able to get out of it. And that's something I just want you all to think about is your mind is your garden. And in that mind, you have emotions, seeds of emotion, and only you can water those seeds of emotion. If you choose to sit in the corner and indulge in negative emotions, that's your choice. And we all have them. We can all have have negative emotions. We have weeds in our garden that grow. And we need to process them. We need to allow those feelings and grow. But if we stay in the corner and indulge and just keep eating those berries, those blackberries or whatever other fruit you've got going, that vine can choke out the other emotions in your life. And no one else can be the gardener in your garden. Your gate is locked. Your husband can't make you happy. That is fueled by your thoughts. You make yourself happy. Your husband can offer you thoughts. He can come to your garden with flowers, and but it's up to you whether you accept those thoughts he offers you and bring them into your garden to water your flowers with. Same goes with with you with other people. You can offer them encouragement. You can offer them positive thoughts at their gate. But you have no control over whether or not they're going to receive your flowers that you offer them. For me, that woman offered me weeds and I chose to take them in. I chose her weeds. And I chose to bring them into my garden and think about them and nurture them in my little corner. I planted the blackberries. I nurtured the blackberries. The seed was already there, but I, I nurtured them and I helped them to grow. We all have a choice. Do, what do we want to nurture in our emotional garden? Do we want to nurture weeds? Or do we want to nurture self-acceptance? Do we want to nurture happiness? Do we want to nurture excitement, enjoyment, or sadness? Sometimes we need to be sad, but we don't have to stay there. We can process it, and then we could move on through the garden. And water some other seeds. Think about that today. What will you nurture? Talk to you later. Bye. Well, today I'd like to talk about um, self-confidence and its relationship with our beliefs about ourselves, what we can do and what we think we can't do. In my last podcast, I talked about the emotional garden in our head, and if you didn't listen to it, it goes something like this. In my head, I view a large garden with seeds of emotion in it, and we nurture those seeds with our thoughts. And so when we have certain emotions, like happiness, usually they're driven by the thoughts we're having. For example, there's a song that comes on the radio. And it's um, Edge of Seventeen by Stevie Nicks. And every time I hear it, I'm just joyful because that song brings up thoughts of my oldest daughter, Angela, who's just a joy. I mean, she's just the sweetest, most wonderful person. So every time I hear that song, I just break out into dancing usually. And um, if people are around, that's just the way it is because I'm extremely joyful thinking about Angela. So that's how thoughts, you know, in some way can drive your emotions. And so we all have a garden in our mind, of, you know, seeds sown in this um, garden in our heads, and we nurture them with our thoughts. So self-confidence is the same thing. Um, and today I'd like to talk more about the difference, in my head at least, between confidence and self-confidence and what we believe we can do and what we could believe we could do. Uh, Today I walked over and ran a hill and it's one of my big challenges, there's this hill behind my house and I want to run all the way up to the top of it without stopping. I never really thought I could do that because I've never done it before. I have never seen anybody do it. It's almost a mile. We calculated the grade to be about 11% which is really steep. And walking up, it will get your heart rate up pretty high if you're out of shape. And it'll give a good, you know, I'm in pretty good shape. It gets my heart rate up, you know, to where it's reasonable, like a 130 or so. So um, I've decided, though, to challenge myself to get to the point where I could run all the way up that hill. I haven't quite done it yet, but I'm believing that I can. And that is based on my self-confidence in what I can do in the future. My confidence is based on what I've done in the past. And I'm almost 59. So I have a lot of things that I think I'm almost 59. I am 59. I'm going to turn 60 in September. But there are a lot of things I know I can do. And I'm confident about it. I know I can handle children. I love children. I've been around children all my life throw me in a room with 20 kids and I'll be fine. You know, I can do games with them, everything, because I've had tons of experience with children. I've raised four of them. They've turned out beautifully, according to me. And so, yeah, I'm very confident with children. But I'm not very confident with a lot of other things that I have not done before, because my confidence is based on what I have done in the past. So I have beliefs about what I can do And I also have beliefs about what I can't do. And my self-confidence is based on how much I trust myself to do something new in the future. So I'm using that to believe that I can run up the hill, even though I have never done it. And I'm going to practice it, and I'm failing, and I'm going to keep trying and practicing and keep failing until I eventually do it. And that's driven by my self-confidence. And I'm definitely doing this as an exercise to boost my self-confidence. And I want to bring this up because as we go through life, we could believe a lot of things about ourselves and be confident about what we can do. But sometimes it could be a trap for us because it can limit what we want to try We don't like failure. After a while, we get used to being able to do things over and over again. Our brain likes that. And it doesn't like to fail. It doesn't like to be embarrassed. But that's limiting us in what we want to do. And, you know, I went through this whole self-transformation in my 50s where I was pretty sedentary in my activity level. And now I would say I'm pretty active, so I've gone from sedentary to active, and that's why I'm finding myself on this hill, trying to even be more active and more fit. And I never really had a lot of self-confidence that I could do that until I started trying it and failing and trying and failing and building that trust in myself to show up and figure it out. And something that I have done is I've taken my beliefs and written them down and I did an audit of them call it a belief audit now I'm a former former accountant so I use the word audit because we audited books and everything and it's really a good thing to do for yourself especially if you've gone you know you're up in the years because we have all these beliefs that we carry on about ourselves that may or may not be true but we just carry them forward I'll give you an example I say, I don't like the cold. It's not based on a lot, except for me just saying, I don't like it. I grew up in California. So I say, oh, I grew up in California. I don't like the cold. Well, then I do the calculation. If I sit down and look at it, I read it on the paper. I don't like cold. Okay. I do the math on this. I was in California until I was 15. The rest of my life, I spent up North in Spokane, Washington, then I moved back to Cincinnati, Ohio, and then came back to Spokane, Washington. And somehow, I'm telling myself, because I grew up in California, I don't like the cold, even though, well, I'm 59, so what is that, 30, 44 years I've lived up north, and somehow I, I'm using California as a reason for not liking the cold, so I've been challenging that, I've crossed that belief out, and I'm challenging it now and saying I do like the cold. I ran out today and ran up that darn hill in the cold, in the wind, and my my ears were burning a little. But, you know, I didn't die. I didn't really hate it. It was basically kind of of nice, actually, to feel the cold on my face because I thought about it differently. And I threw out that belief that I didn't like the cold. Otherwise, I wouldn't have gone out because I had this mindset. I'm not going out. It's windy and cold. We're in the middle of February here. So, um, anyways, that's just something that's really cool to do is to take your beliefs about yourself. And I would do it in three categories about myself as a person, about my body, what I think about my body. For example, I, I tell myself, I need a lot of rest I'm questioning that as well. I like to give myself rest, but whether or not not I need it, I'm not sure. Um, And the third thing is my life in general, about what kind of lifestyle I think I should have or could have. So I'm questioning those beliefs, and it's really good to get them out, look at them, and then think about what do you want to believe about yourself? And that's what I'm doing. It's like, what do I want to believe about myself? I want to believe that I like the cold, I want to believe that I can be successful, I want to believe I can make a lot of money, I want to believe that I can be a wonderful grandmother. All those things I'm writing down and I'm stepping into that person and taking action to practice being that person that I want to believe I am. One of those things is I'm going to be bold now. I used to think I was timid. I have no reason for that. That's just the M.O. I have for myself. So now I'm going to be bold. Now, of course, it takes a while to believe new things. But a belief is just a thought. Thought over and over again. And we're, we're used to thinking the same thing over and over again. When we talk to people and you go, like if you try to meet people and you sit in a circle and there's icebreakers. So you have to say something about yourself. Well, we pull the same information out over and over again. What if we brought up totally different information about ourselves? What if we thought the opposite? Or just like even half of it was just brand new random stuff that we never thought we would be. I mean, when you think about it, everybody should make changes in their life at least every decade. I made a great transformation in my 50s and I'm ready to do another one now as I approach 60. Just totally transfer for myself. I mean, life's got to be interesting, right? So I'm going to try a whole new set of beliefs in myself. But of course to do that, I need to write those beliefs down and practice them with thoughts over and over again. And those thoughts that I have are going to go to those seeds in my brain of emotion and drive that confidence to trust myself to be that person and step into that person. It's also going to drive the other attributes and feelings that that person would have, like boldness, you know, or daring adventureness, those kind of things. I feel adventurous. So those are the seeds I'm going to nurture with my thoughts over and over again so that I could become that person and believe those things about myself that that person would believe about themselves. So if you ever want to try doing that with yourself, you're approaching 50s or 60s, and you want to do a whole life transformation or a small transformation. You want to go from inactive to active. You want to go from timid to bold. You want to go from feeling useless to feeling useful. Um, Whatever it is, try that out. Try writing down all your old beliefs and then looking at them and saying, are these useful for the person I want to be? And if not, cross them out. And practice believing something else. It takes a while. It takes practice. It could take you you know, a couple years to do this, but it, it's worth it to try something new. And in the process, you get to experience so many new things and learn so much new things about yourself. I've created a couple worksheets for this. Um, it's called a belief audit. And another one is a fun little questionnaire where you s- scale and rate your self-confidence. Because you need to have self-confidence to try anything new. You can't work with your confidence of what you've done in the past as far as how, how well you do at work or what kind of mother you are. You've got to work with a new thing and that we're going to call it self-confidence. Going forward, believing that you could figure things out and no matter what comes your way, as you're trying to step into this new person, you're going to be able to handle it. You can handle embarrassment, you can handle risk, whatever. But you have that self-confidence that it's not going to break you. You can handle the challenges. And so this worksheet helps you kind of rate where you're at and then rate where you want to be. And if you're interested, I, just email me. I'll send them to you. I'd love to share them with you. you know they, they work great for me. I'd love to see how, what other people think of them. Okay? Well, have a great day, and um, I hope this was helpful. Talk to you later. Bye.